quick shout out from our sponsor, Share ID. Are you trying to boost conversions to your Shopify store? Need to drive more customer loyalty? Get results fast by offering exclusive discounts to consumer communities with Share ID. Share ID helps verify students, teachers, military, first responders, and so much more of these groups. With ShareID, you'll get a verified match in seconds, and you can spit out an exclusive discount for customers on the spot. Try speaking directly to a new customer segment with this verifiable identity without adding friction to the shopping experience. Continue to drive incremental revenue in the next 90 days post-purchase with more tailored messaging for your email and SMS campaigns. I personally tested ShareID to see just how easy it was to get set up, and I was pretty much ready to go in under 15 minutes. The onboarding was simple enough for me to follow as a non-technical person. Go to sheerid.com slash Shopify and start your free trial today. Once again, that's sheerid.com slash Shopify and start your free trial today. Hello and welcome to e-commerce uncovered. I'm your host, Matt Lady. Each and every week I get to talk with and learn from enthusiastic guests, freelancers, agency folks, in-house marketers, and founders, all in an effort to help you bootstrap your D2C brand profitably. We got two episodes a week, which will have you staying up to date on the ever-changing industry and learning fundamental concepts and tactics to apply to your brand. Enjoy the show. Today's guest is a former GNC store manager, a former customer support manager at Ghost, a gaming streamer on Twitch, and a current senior associate of customer experience at Chomps. Ladies and gentlemen, Zoe, Zoe Khan, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, Matt. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to dive in. Yeah, let's uh, excited to have you. So what's like the biggest, you're all about customer service, customer experience. What's the biggest misconception that people have about customer service? For me, I hear, oh, it, it takes so much time. It costs so much. It's frustrating. It's annoying. Like what's your, what's the biggest misconception of this kind of job and role? Uh, that's a good question. And I think every time I get asked this, I have a new answer. So <laughs> because there's so many. And even when you're asking the question, like 100 went through my my head. Um, but maybe even just it will probably dive into this later, but customer service versus customer experience. And like you said, that expense thing, <laughs> that whole expense category of customer service or experience is expensive. Um, that's a great one because it, it could be expensive, but it just depends on what you value for your company and where you want to spend your money. Uh, I saw something recently that was comparing the cost of like acquisition and marketing compared to the cost of experience and service and UX. Um, and it's, astronomically different usually. So that is a huge misconception of like where you should be spending your money in a business. Uh, so that's a great one. And I'm sure I think we are probably going to dive into the other one about what's service versus experience, which is a whole nother misconception con concept. Yeah. So absolutely this like cost center versus profit center. Like it's really just how you frame it and your perspective and what resources and skills and what is available for you in your business at that moment. But uh, that's a great one. And then we are uh, literally my next question is uh, about service versus experience. Like 
what does that mean to you? How should brands be thinking about it? And let's like kind of go back and forth on that. Yeah, this is actually, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because some people, when they say CX, they it's, it's unfamiliar to them. Even when I was like still at Ghost and I was like, I was on the support team, I was like, what is CX? What's the difference between CS and CX? And it took me a while to figure it out. Uh, but, and now it's almost used interchangeably. Even I use it inter interchangeably sometimes and I'm, I like stumble on it. I'm like, what should I be calling it? But I like to look at it now as like support is going back and forth and answering tickets. And it's almost, and I think most people in CX or CS would, would agree with me is that we should do this kind of like paradigm change or like change the the titles of support because it's not such like a glamorous or like sexy title, um, but you do so much. So the support generally when people think about it is answering the tickets and <laughs> usually people have this like, oh, I'm going to call support and I'm going to talk to someone who might not even speak my language and they're not going to answer listen to my questions and they're not going to help me and I'm going to have a horrible experience. Like, I think that's what people have as like support in their mind. And so I think what we're doing in this industry where like a lot of industry leaders are shifting to this experience where it's not just answering tickets, but it's like pre-purchase, pre post-purchase, during the purchase, the user experience on the website, the what's going on in the warehouse, surprise and delight, um, the retention, like that all is the customer experience. But in reality, it like is stemming from those tickets because you're using those tickets, those support tickets uh, to use this feedback loop and relay and do this feedback bubble up to the team. So it really all falls in one it's the whole customer journey the whole customer experience right yeah so it's it started out strictly kind of customer service customer support pretty typical as we saw from big businesses and a lot of them are notorious for just like oh can never get a hold of them can't get a real human or oh i have to call them i can't just talk to them on chat or email or you can only do one way or another and then so once e-commerce started coming up and you're selling more like a small business owner, small founder selling like directly to people for a long time, it's often just the founder getting in there and responding to people. It's like this, I, I made this, or I started this. I'm there's no one else. Like this is just the founder. So you can't talk I, to my manager. I am no, no. the owner. <laughs> I am the manager. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's like how it started. And now you're, as people are realizing, as you know, as you grow in scale, you have more products, you have more team members, you have more revenue, you have more things to worry about. Uh, your your role as a founder changes over time. You start thinking about, oh, customer experience and like taking care of these people. It costs so much to acquire, drive traffic to your site. You got to make the most of it. And so, oh, treat them well. They just walked into your store physically if you want to think about it that way you're not going to just not respond to them if they ask you a question <laughs> you're not going to ignore yep. them so you, yep. you want to like treat treat them well take them in with open arms and try to take care of them uh and it's hard to have that human experience online or on our phones 
right? Versus just being in person. So I like how you're getting at it's evolving over time to this customer experience. And it's kind of this all-encompassing bucket. So speaking of that, um, with a, if you're a Bootstrap founder and they're like, okay, this all sounds good. Like I want to, I want to take care of them. I want to think about them from pre-purchase, during purchase, after like post-purchase. And they can't afford to hire you or someone like you full time to do it for them, right? So they're they're doing it with themselves, but they can't hire you for like an hour and then do like a consult. So like, where would you start with identifying? A brand's like issues and problems uh or opportunities for customer experience that's a really good question uh first of all i wanted to compliment your analogy on treating a customer as if they walked into your store i never thought about that but that is like so like that was amazing analogy i'm gonna use that one so thank you um but if that's a another good question. I usually like to tackle pain points because pain points can be solved at the customer level when you listen to them. So when a founder comes to me and asks me a question or like, can you take, can you use a blind eye and look at our, our processes? Um, a lot of people struggle and I just talked about this with someone, but there's two things is uh, their actual return process and how they're, you're doing it. And then also like brand voice. And it's crazy what I, how I see people like tackle their returns. And because th those are the customers that ha don't like the product. Right. So <laughs> it's hard for especially founders to like, look at these, look at these customers, not who don't like what there is their baby <laughs> and figure out how to tackle that. Some people yeah. will be like, no, you can't return it. It's perfect. I love it. I made it. I know it's perfect. Like, how could you not like it? It's mine. I made it, you know? Yeah, and yeah. so like, I see that a lot of like founders start, start off with this like strict return policy. It's like, you must be within 30 days of the purchase and like maybe, and I'm not going to send you a return label because that's going to cost me money. I don't understand why, why you don't like the product. And like, it's almost, it's like offensive because it's, yeah. it's your baby. And so I see a lot of like evolution in the return process. And then like, then it, a lot of times it'll get like kind of outsourced with like different uh, tech to like, fix this like huge problem but then it slowly but surely gets like farther and farther from the founder where they're not using that return feedback why the people are returning to uh, to use that in the evolution of their brand um so that's actually like where i spend a lot of time when i'm helping companies is like perfecting their return process or maybe their exchange process and figuring out why and the root issues or the root problems that people are returning or wanting to return things and fixing everything that you can. And that's, okay, that's that, where I like yeah. to focus. Okay. So that's awesome. Let's start there. So that's, you're looking at the pain points, not only of the founder saying, Hey, this is uh, painful for me as a founder to do customer service and returns, but you're, you're going right to the customer because that's mm -hmm. 
smart and that's your job is to help the, those customers out is like, why are they returning? Why are they dissatisfied? And so for a, an apparel brand, oh, that could be the wrong size. It's a different shade of color than I expected, or it's literally the wrong one. And so if that's consistently popping up, that's that's very good information to be aware of. It's not just like an automated customer, either a, a bot or customer service agent, just like, cool, I'll refund you, no problem, like return, no problem. Mm. Uh, if you're a founder early on, you want to know, okay, why is this the main complaint? Like, is there anything I can do in my website, in my emails, right, to actually change and proactively help that situation out? So that's really good. I love where you're going with that. And um, I have a tip for the reps, actually. If you're, if you are a support rep or CX, you're on the team, uh, and especially if you're new. Don't be afraid. Like you actually have a lot of power and you, by reading these things from, from the consumers, don't be afraid to bubble those things up. A lot of times I think reps are scared because they almost feel like they caused the problem. But I promise you, I promise, I promise, I promise you, the founders want to hear these things. They want to figure out. And like, if you can, and it's interesting too to see if what the processes are too because a lot of times there isn't as much organization behind it so like reps if you can find a process that like you see a pattern and you can notate this is what happened to this customer at this date this is the product and just start notating those things if it's not something your company does already and bring that to your manager or to your founder and say, hey, I noticed this pattern and I think I have a feeling like we can fix this. Like you will get so much respect from your founder and the founders have such a hard time trying to get that from the people looking at their tickets. So don't forget that like you have so much power and you can use it and like, don't be afraid to speak up. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, it's you're you're a profit center. You're a part of the team. Mm-hmm. You're not just like taking all the people yelling at you. Like that's yeah. part of the job. But like, uh, if you're able to ex- extract patterns, trends, insights, uh, that's that's really good. Um, so you'd start at the pain points of the customers. You try to figure out the return policy, like return and exchange policy, but also why they're doing it. Um, what would be next? What's another thing you you start to look at? Or is there more with um, that, that first part? There's so much. Um, and <laughs> kind of simultaneously, and this actually might be before those pain points, but th- those pain points are like the most profitable, you could say, I would say. But um, even before that is like the organization and the automation of, I always say like automate what you your customers don't know is automated. So that you can like organize everything, especially high volume companies and tickets, uh, that like foundation of automation and then organization is so important to keep your like your team under control and to be able to find those patterns. Uh, It's really hard to like do that pain point step without that organization. So that's like very, very and there's so many tools out there to do it, but I heard this at a conference is that like all these tools that we're using in a company or founders are using or the company's using, we're probably utilizing it at like a 20% 
like we're using it at like the basic level, but we're paying for the most advanced level. So if you could like take a step back, block some time out of your calendar to like really utilize, like figure out what you're not utilizing in your tools to help with that, like saving time part, that's huge. And it's very valuable to companies because you, then you can like, you don't have to scale as quickly. You don't have to have 20 members on your CS team. Like you can do so much if you have just organization foundation. Yeah. So what are some of those common things that you found so far, either your own brands or when you're consulting with other brands of things they didn't realize they could automate or a process that seems so tedious and like, ah, but then you kind of come in like, Hey, you can about this way. And then it saves them like 50% time off. You know, what are some of the common ones you've seen so far? Yeah. And I, uh, this could be really basic for people, but you'd be, you'd be surprised how many people don't have this automated, but uh, one automating closing spam. If you, (laughs) if you are in a ticket and you're in a desk and you like for one day, you'd be so surprised at how much spam they get. And it's easy to close, right? Like, it's just like, oh, delete, 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 delete. But you don't realize how much time you're spending deleting it. So if one, get rid of all of that, because it's just, you don't even have to wait, waste your mind on it or get rid of as much as you can. And you can, there's so many different ways to do it. But two is create flows based on your contact us page. And the number one flow you want to create is an urgent flow. So all companies have, well, most companies, I should say, have urgent type tickets, and those might be order cancellations or address changes, changing flavors or sizes. Uh, those like things are urgent because you need to talk to your your fulfillment team before they, they touch it. And yep. so especially when these poor teams are like so bogged down with tickets, by the time they get to these urgent ones, if it's just looped in or lumped in with all the other ones, it's too late. And then you have an angry customer and nine times out of 10, I mean, I guess it depends on like your procedures, but like you're going to help them anyways. So you're gonna, it's like a lose, lose for, for companies if you don't catch these tickets. So there's a bunch of different ways you can do it, but figure out how you can make sure your contact us page. Isn't just email team at chomps, you know, it's, here, what's your issue? Let like, tell me about your issue before you like, instead of just getting an email that says, Hey, I need help with an order. So automate all of that as you can. And customers, it's not like they're like, Oh, I'm talking to a bot. You know, they're, they understand you. They're giving you the necessary information. You're asking them for the information and then have triggers on your back end. What, no matter what system you use, uh, Hopefully you're not just using Gmail inbox. Some people still are, but use something a little bit better than that. I I use gorgeous, but there's so many different tools to automate those processes and then automate everything like that, like urgent first, but then think about what is like a common, like you keep sending the same response over and over again, no matter what it is, not that you're giving bad support, but like, for example, a wholesale request. You're going to probably give the same information to all these wholesales. Do you need to be answering that in an email or can you put an FAQ on your site or 
can you get these in because they missed the FAQ on the site and set up an automation with that wholesale information? Like figure out those things that you don't, your, your reps don't need to be talking to the people about and they don't mind just getting the information and set all of that up as an organized foundation. Wow, cool. So <laughs> automate, yeah. So it's a, that's a lot, but it's really good to like, try to prioritize the get rid of spam, uh, have the urgent uh, flows and kind of get those flagged and take care of them first because that affects the rest of the order. Uh, you got to talk to the fulfillment team or if you're a founder early on, you're just like, ah, before I pack these this new order, uh, mm -hmm. I see the new email now. Cool. I got to go take care of that or, oh, change the address or, oh, cool. Change the size. Actually, cool. No problem. So that's really important. That's really uh, valuable to know. So, and you mentioned Gor Gorgeous, a uh, very common uh, tool for Shopify brands um, for customer service and support um, to automate things, to have kind of quick reply snippets to be able to, um, and actually there's some metrics and like stats and KPIs. I think you can kind of set, um, or use that information from Gorgeous to kind of set those targets. Um, is there any kind of like KPIs like or metrics you kind of look at on that level or is it a lot more qualitative? Yeah, I look at a lot of KPIs actually. Um, okay. But I, they're very like take them with a grain of salt because I would rather have like my team or anybody's team give good support and not be worried about trying to just close tickets. Uh, I hear, so this is my, I want to preface it with it. I've heard horror stories of like brands wanting to end a call quickly. Like your, your KPIs are like, how fast can you get per someone off the call? Yeah. And that's like, those are the wrong KPIs. You, if you, you, you're treating, you want to treat your consumers like friends. And so if it's going to take, if it, if you're going to take a little bit longer and I like ask them how their day is or ask them what their dog's name is, like, that's okay because you're building connection. So don't let these KPIs affect your connection, like connection and building that community is first, then KPIs in my opinion. Um, but with the, at the same time, you can, you can have good KPIs and good service. So I look at things like one touch tickets, uh, one touch tickets means like the higher you have it, the better usually, um, because this is, this means you're, you're reducing back and forth with customers. So this means like your customer is, you're setting your customer up for success by telling them what you need upfront. You're reading their email. That's a huge one is like, actually read their request. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise they're going to get pissed off. They're going to say like, you didn't, I already told you this information. Why are you asking for it again? And like, you're creating unnecessary back and forth, just refund my order. Why are you asking me things I've already given you? So one touch tickets is like reducing that back and forth. So that like percentage is important to me and it's different. Like each company can, is a different rate. I would say like some people can get up to like 60%, but some people are down like 20%. Um, I've seen good service at like 12% and like sh been able to automate some things where they're still having good, good service, but in, you can get that up to like 30%. So those one touch tickets, um, 
Uh, obviously, uh, first response time, so that's how, how long your customers are waiting for a response. Your resolution time, how long it takes you to finish a ticket. Uh, what One of my favorites that, it's, it's one of my favorites because I used to not believe in it, uh, CSAT, customer satisfaction. Believe it or not, I was so against CSAT because I didn't want to turn it on when I was like early in my career because I'm like, there's some customers that you just can't please. Yeah. Like some, and I was like so scared of those, like those customers. Cause I just like, I was like, they're going to write a bad review and my boss is going to see it. And they're going to think I'm the worst person ever. I'm not turning that CSAT <laughs> on. Just like, I'm going to ignore it until I absolutely have to. So, but you, if you, and if you're like that, I'm sure there's, uh, there's lots of people out there who haven't turned their customer satisfaction writing on. Um, turn it on because I mean, if you're giving good service, you're going to want to turn it on because your customers come back with the nicest things to say. And it's like such a morale booster as long as you have good products, I guess. Like, yeah. I guess if you have a shitty brand and shitty products and shitty reps, like maybe not, <laughs> like maybe, maybe this okay. will hurt your feelings. <laughs> but when, if you have a genuinely good brand and genuinely good people working for you, these customer satisfaction, like, it's so comforting to see and like read weekly. And my favorite thing, like as a leader too, is to pull, to actually go through them and pull some things about the team and share it with the entire company, because these are your frontline people and like they deserve, they deserve to be recognized. And it's such a morale booster for the entire company um, to see this like positive things, either about the products or about your staff. Yeah. Um, I look at a lot of KPIs, but those are like the service, like the first ones that come to mind. Um, another big one is LTV of the customers that you help and support. Uh, hopefully the ones that you have contact with and are building connections, your lifetime value of that customer is actually uh, higher compared to like your average. Okay, cool. That's a really good start. Okay, so just to reiterate, we have uh, one touch tickets. We have uh, average time to resp initial response, uh, average completion of mm -hmm. the ticket. Uh, I'm blanking on one, the customer service uh, score, and then the one you just mentioned. LTV. LTV, yes, sorry. Uh, mm -hmm. So, okay, so is that within Gorgeous you can track LTV or is that with another tool and kind of just like you have to kind of look like, oh, I've responded, these customers had responses and over time they've spent more or repurchased more often like how do you actually kind of start to track that or think about that that's a really great question because this is something that has taken me a long time to figure <laughs> out so um i actually didn't start looking into this until i started taking over um email marketing because in Clavio you can see the LTV or like the predicted LTV of that customer. And so I was like, oh, interesting. Clavio is connected to Gorgeous and Gorgeous is, or in, in Clavio tells you LTV. And then I started looking at it and then I started, I started actually looking at it in like a slow way where I would like, uh, I, we started tracking customers that we went above and beyond for. So like these are customers that we would send like a gift to. Um, and we would just track those in a, a Google sheet and then go back to them and like just check LTV compared to uh, average LTV. Um, but I got I got really frustrated trying to like figure that out. 
and I'm sure a lot of people struggle with this. Um, but recently I started using Lifetimely, which uh, is it's pretty cheap for companies. Um, it, the, I think the most expensive one, and none of this is sponsored, by the way. Nope. Not sponsored yet. <laughs> Not sponsored nope. yet. Nope. Matt is looking for sponsors, so if anybody would like to, <laughs> why not? She's not wrong, um, but yeah, not, not sponsored. Okay. But uh, Lifetimely, I'm pretty sure for like the most expensive thing, it's like $99 a month, but it tells you your like your uh, lifetime value for the last, I mean, you could look at anything, but like the standard is like three months, six months, 12 months, and um, you can organize it by tickets on customers. So like you can easily tag a ticket in Gorgeous um, and you can do this. I'm pretty sure you could probably pull, pull this like in a Clavio report too, but you tag them on Gorgeous, whatever ones you want to see. And then you can pull that tag into Lifetimely and then it'll show you the LTV of those customers. And then you can compare that to your average, which is Lifetimely tells you. Um, and you can do whatever date ranges. So you can do a bunch of different things and I'm starting to do different like tests with this too. Um, yeah. I love looking at that number and seeing like how you can increase it that in like average dollar, average order value too. That's awesome. So lifetimely, uh, gorgeous Clavio, you can kind of look at them. You can have them talk to each other. You can kind of figure that out. So that's really neat. So, and then I guess this is all, this all depends too on what type of brand you are. If you're, a consumable product and you're expected to you know repurchase every month or every two months or something versus if you're buying a mattress because i work at a mattress brand now so always this is what i'm thinking of like yeah you're supposed to buy one every seven or ten years like you can't really get them to come back unless they move or they have a kid or they tell like they're buying a gift for a friend or like you know something like that so um it just it all depends on like your brand and your products. It's not yeah. like a one size fits all. Uh, yeah. yeah, I have a question for you actually. Please, um, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> that's like an interesting because I uh, I just started consulting for a like a tech brand. It's the same type of like thing where it's like they're gonna buy it once and like what else? But it's interesting because now they're looking at it because they've got like all these emails and they're like, well, what what are we supposed to do? Just sell them the try to send them emails on the same product over and over again. Like, how do you keep those people active? I'd like to hear, like, if you have any insight on that or if it's, like, complimentary. Like, are you coming out with, like, pillowcases and bedding and, like, other things that they can purchase um, over and over again before they need a new mattress? Like, what's your view on that? Zoe, you should uh, start a podcast. This is a great question. Uh, let, I'll gladly answer. I'm on week seven and a half, and we are just getting on Shopify in the next 14 days. Uh, okay. So this brand has never sent an email before in six years. Wow. Uh, so I, there's a lot of low-hanging fruit. So how I've been thinking about this is really focusing on making sure that how is our little local mattress brand? We have some uh, in one retail store and then we sell online. How how do we stand out? How does how does Stumptown Mattress stand out? By customer service and experience. And so we have retail team. You can physically just pick up the phone and call us. We have amazing people in store that will just sit and talk to you and walk through like all of your questions, 
oh, I have a side, I'm a side sleeper. I like, I like this kind of firmness usually. So really just highlighting that and making sure that at every point on the website and then abandoned carts or um, welcome flows or post-purchase flows that that's very clear and uh, highlighted because we have that hundred night like sleep guarantee to, to like try it out and then return it for free, you know, and then a 10 year warranty. So for me, it's, it's making sure we're proactive in that kind of communication moving forward and not just reactive. So it's highlighting, you can just call us, like, here's all the questions. I'm trying to learn as much as I can about mattresses. So I can just like answer questions, you know, tickets as they come in. So that's, that's the one thing The other, the second part you were talking about, like, how do I keep talking to them? Well, we haven't been talking to them so far yet. <laughs> so how I plan on talking to them is exactly what you were getting at is the accessory products. Like, oh, you bought the queen hybrid mattress last month. How's it going? Do you, are you enjoying it? Cool. Do you want the queen bed frame? Do you want a queen mattress protector? Do you want a pillow? Uh, like, do you want a pillow? I love that question. <laughs> yes, I yeah, do. I want the, yeah, man. Oh, I didn't have a pillow. I didn't know I was supposed to have one. Uh, so that's, that's the sort of things I'm thinking of. Cause I'm not going to try to push them to buy another mattress. Like, Right. Within the first, really, like ever, like, <laughs> it, it, like yeah. first, like, these are uh, our models, like the one, the our products are supposed to last seven or ten years, right? So yeah. that's been open for six years. So next year, I your customers should be them. coming back. Yeah, it's been six years. How's your mattress yep. holding up? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but I'm trying to think about just making sure that we. Stay top of mind and actually have an email list and actually send out campaigns. Uh, yeah. And being like, hey, we got this new mattress that came out and it's for kids and bunk beds. And then in a few months, oh, we, uh, we have one for an RV or a van. So it's kind of these different, oh, I, I could like use another mattress for like that sort of thing. Or they'll tell a friend about it or oh, I need one for my guest room because I just moved into a new house and now I have in-laws that need to... So there are ways that they'll come back, but it's just kind of staying in front of them with that good customer service and experience and then not trying to upsell them another mattress that quickly and focusing yeah. on those like secondary SKUs. My mind is like... <laughs> going through like what I would do. <laughs> it's very interesting because you could, uh, I mean, that's something we also like try to do too, even like with consumable, like our, some of our customers are coming back every 10 days after they finish a 10 back, 10 pack. Um, but like not being in that like sale mindset too, and just giving like educational, like information too. I can see like, that's like, way more relative to, I mean, it's relative to us too, but it's easier for us to get away from it because people eat it and then they, they need more about like educating people on how to get good sleep and what are good habits for sleep and stuff. That's very interesting. A quick reminder from our sponsor, ShareID. Find your next lifetime customers by providing verified discount codes based on occupation or life stage. Speak directly to veterans, students, teachers, first responders, and continue to tailor your messaging to them in the future with post-purchase emails and text messages. Make them feel seen with your brand by using ShareID to seamlessly verify their email in seconds 
during the purchase process. Go to shareid.com slash Shopify and start your free trial today. Yeah, that's kind of where my head is going soon as well of like, what are reasonably somewhat relevant ways I can keep talking to them and keep uh, keep them having stop town matches top of mind? Because we have, we have the store in Portland and then we have the website that you can sell online direct to consumer. So uh, good question. And I went off on a little... Uh, like tangent there about me too. Oh, that Sorry stuff. about so, that. I no, love it. it. No, love it. Uh, happy to happy to jump in and take some of the burden off of my guests. Uh, happy to share. So, okay. So then, um, those are some of the metrics. <laughs> okay. So getting back to where we were, uh, I completely messed up the flow. It's good. I love it. It's good. It's good. I love it. Um, you're putting you're making me work. Uh, so we had those metrics. We were talking about how to track them, LTV. And then I brought up the examples of like consumable versus one-time product uh, purchases. So um, if we're like trying to wrap up the consulting call, of like what's kind of the last piece of the puzzle or what's homework you would give them to like keep this in mind or do this for the next three months. And then when you, when you hire me again for our next hour, like this is what we can go over next time or to like check out. Yeah, I... Was the question over? Sorry, I tried to kind of just cut you off. Okay. No, you're good. Uh, it's it depends on that foundation because uh, I see a lot of times where uh, people are having hard time figuring out what their biggest inquiries are or like their most inquiries come from. So a lot of times the homework is like showing people how to properly like tag their inquiries or figure out those like those buckets so that you can uh, figure out where to focus on. Um, I was talking with my uh, one of my coworkers, Kate, she's like my right hand girl at work. We tackle CX together and we were we had our one on one. We meet uh, a couple times a week, but we meet at least once a week to like just talk about like anything new that has come up any improvements we can make, anything weird, any website. Like we talk about so much and we started this new process of like writing down every single thing we talked about. And we were like, holy shit. We talk about so many different aspects of the the business in one, like one-on-one, which is like usually like 30 minutes to an hour call. So now it's kind of like we're on autopilot. We know which where where to like focus and like figure out what to fix. But like, can or brands are like it's intimidating because there's so many things that you can like fix or like improve. So I usually have people figure out what their biggest inquiries are and maybe what the like either what's costing them the most money or what can bring back the most money and like tackle those first. Um, and like figure out how you can reduce those tickets or improve your products like in like so that you can get a, in front of it like you said being proactive rather than just like accepting it and like sending a re- or sending a, a replacement and yeah. moving on um so that's usually the homework is like figure out how you can like tag or fix the intents of the the issues and find what your large largest bug hits are from there and then let's tackle those one by one cool 
Yeah, no, that's really good. Uh, shout out to Kate, your coworker, on I all that. Her. Yeah, one on ones. Uh, and if you're a bootstrap founder and you're on your own, like, take thir- just put on thirty minutes in a calendar. And be like, hey, like this is my time each week, uh, every yeah. Tuesday, uh, to just check this out, or every Friday, something on a day where you're like, it's not too crazy, or like you have lower energy, maybe. But like, okay, how can I improve what I'm already doing? Instead yeah. of always doing new initiatives and new tasks, you're like, okay, what's what can I work on, adjust, or optimize what's currently happening? So that's yeah. really good. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so that's that's the hour of consulting uh, wrapped up in like 20 minutes. Uh, super quick version from Zoe. So uh, a couple more questions. We're gonna start landing the plane here uh, and wrapping up this in the next, you know, 10 minutes or so. So. You've been in customer service, customer experience for like, I think it, about seven years now, if not longer. So how how has that kind of changed over the years since when you first started to like now? How has that changed from the consumer side and their expectations? Um, first of all, I never even figured, I never even heard how long I've been in it. So now I feel <laughs> old. So thank you. <laughs> Uh, no. Just doing and, your job. I'm just doing my job, doing my research. Uh. <laughs> um, wow, it's changed a lot. Uh, the tech that we have in this last like seven years to help with it um, has changed a lot. And it's kind of, it's kind of like, it, it's so interesting because there's so many ways that people can reach out to companies to try to get support and I think that's like the biggest thing is that uh like I think when I first started like even I'm I'm sure like when I was at GNC and like when we first started at and when I first started at Ghost it's like if you send someone an Instagram DM like if you send someone an Instagram DM to GNC seven years ago ten years ago it's like why are you even trying to get support it from an Instagram DM like, yeah. what are you doing? Just call the phone number. <laughs> but now it's like normal. Like sometimes it's easier to send the brand a DM rather than to send them an email. I've had instances where like I've just done market research. I'm like, let me see what they get back to me first. And like yep. live chat is a thing now. Um, and people are abandoning phones, which I have like a hard time figuring out what we should do because like it depends you need to read your your the room and like figure out what like who your consumers are and like what they prefer you probably see this with like the mattresses and i see it with my like older customers if we were to just like get rid of phones like some of my older elderly geriatric ladies would never get their chops because yeah, <laughs> they have hard time with the computers and stuff still yeah. so like maybe yeah. it's facing out but like Sometimes people just want to call a phone and like get that. So I I think that like the mastering of figuring out like how to give that support and how to manage it is like huge. And that's like, shout out to Gorgeous again. They've like, they saw that and they were like, let's put everything into one platform so that the reps can see it and make it easy for them to help all consumers, no matter how they're reaching out. Um, that's like huge that before when I first started, I felt like it was just email, like just email and that's it. And like, good luck if you're trying to reach out in any other way, but 
um, yeah, that's probably changed the most. And it's it's kind of hard to adapt to. Um, yeah. It's crazy how many ways you can reach a brand. Yes, that's that's a really good point about just the number of channels. And mm -hmm. uh, if you haven't, Gorgeous, to some might be expensive as a tool, You're like oh, another Shopify app I have to install. But if you look at the cost and if you actually set it up and use it properly, the the return on your investment is prob and easing your sanity is probably much higher too. Oh, I've, I can just respond to Facebook, Instagram, emails, live chat, uh, ad comments all in one place. Like phone, phone calls. Phone calls. So all in one place. And SMS, I don't to, text message. SMS. Twitter, uh, they're working on Twitter. <laughs> yes, they're working just on Twitter, yes. <laughs> oh, so all these channels, instead of having seven tabs open to, or like a phone always by your side, you can just have one gorgeous tab open. Uh, so really probably a good use of your time um, and money to invest in a tool like that. So, okay. That's really good. That's and I'm sure, like you said, that that tech gorgeous has changed so much over the years and wasn't really existent before. So number of channels and the tech available. Um, this is pretty relevant and timely because of Black Friday coming up. How do you prepare yourself, your coworkers, your team for sale periods like Black Friday, holiday, a new product launch? Like what? How do you plan for that? What are your priorities? Um, this is a question I have a lot of trauma with. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I'm do you want to? Oh, okay. No, no, no. <laughs> I was I like, oh, no. You. Yeah. I was like, uh-oh. No. Like... No, because of my trauma, I have a lot of good answers. Um, because I have been through a lot of sales and, like, Black Friday, Cyber Week is, like, the <laughs> epitome of it. Um, my biggest advice is to expect everything to go wrong and have a plan <laughs> for what happens when it goes wrong and tr be proactive and fix everything before you can, you, before it's a problem or be staffed, have backup, be prepared, um, have messaging very clear on your site of like, especially like shipping delays, everybody has shipping delays, have messaging on your site, be very clear if you follow up emails, but um, test, 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 test. Because a lot of companies will either have like new products releasing or a different type of promo that they've never done, or even just a promo that they have done, but you're so like fatigued from this pre preparation of it that like things go wrong. So uh, I'll give you some examples um, for like this year. Chomps is so amazing, by the way, because they uh, every new person who sh starts at Chomps gets trained on the desk for anywhere between two to four days. Um, so they learn how to respond to the consumers and how to use our tech so that like if we're out sick or if we um, need help, we can call someone and like maybe they don't know they don't remember exactly how to use everything but they have a general knowledge and we have like SOPs that they can follow if they have any questions or like they can ask us quickly um but I have actually like a schedule of like 
backup team in case something goes wrong of like, these are like someone from the sales team is going to, could sit in like backup, um, someone from our, our operations team volunteered to do it. Um, and it's, some people like doing it cause they like to see like what's going on. Um, so it's very helpful for the team, but, uh, that's like, just be prepared and back to the testing part. Um, you could ruin your entire sale by putting a space after a skew. <laughs> Did you know that? No. That's, a space. Wow. It's invisible. But you, you could ruin your... It. Can't see it. But it'll wow. ruin your fulfillment flows. But you know how you... Okay. Don't ask me how I know that. <laughs> I will not. Uh, I don't want to bring up any more trauma. <laughs> but if you just test your 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 uh, website, t- literally t- turn your website off for an hour if you want, if you need to, before your sale, and test your new products, test your sale, make sure that everything's adding up correctly, make sure you don't have any spaces after your SKUs, because it's technically a different SKU once it gets to your manufacturer. Okay, test all those things because once you have that influx of people on your site who are trying to utilize and take advantage of your sales or get that new product or get that gift with purchase, it's going to be much harder (laughs) and much more work on your employees to fix those issues once they've already happened. Um, But you learn a lot. (laughs) Okay, you sure do. Uh, And you're laughing this whole time because uh, this something similar uh, must have happened. So, what? what I don't want to like ja- get too too into it, but what are some other like obscure ones like that you've come across or have heard of? I was thinking with the space thing. I thought you were going with like the discount code not working. Like um, Wait, I've done that too. <laughs> so okay, so that that's another thing, right? So it's like. Oh, the discount code doesn't work. Well, I was like, yeah, it does. <laughs> Are you here? Use this. Like, I am using it. And then, like, that's avoidable. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. So it's okay, all avoidable. One. And, like, us as, like, marketers, we do get into this fatigue of where, like, we're, we know what the sale is supposed to do. And so, like, when we're looking at it on the site, like, it's so easy for us to look over, like, look it over and just, like, assume in our head, like, it's on right on the screen i'm not even gonna look at the price i set it up and this is what it should be and like i've done this we've i've seen it with bundling where you're like okay i'm gonna do this bundle and i'm gonna offer this free item and this is a bundle and when they check out this is the price it should be and it's (laughs) you launch the sale and it turns out you missed a step or like something went wrong and then back fixing well first you've got a bunch of angry customers (laughs) because They didn't, they purchased and then realized after they put in their contact or their um, payment information that they paid too much. And you probably lose a bunch of sales because people come to your site and they're like, this isn't, this this isn't isn't for free. Yeah. 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 Why am I, why is it trying to make me pay? And then your conversion, you look at your conversion rate and you're like, why did my conversion rate drop 10%? Oh, because I set it up wrong. So like you, these proactive measures are so helpful Um, in communication. Communication is something we didn't touch on, but I'm huge on Um, letting your, like 
the marketing team needs to talk to the operations team. The operations and the marketing team need to talk to your service team because you're in your web team, your dev team needs to talk to everybody. This communication is so vital because everybody is connected. And if somebody doesn't know what's going on, like gaps can, or like even the simple one where marketing team forgets to tell the operations team that they're having a sale or they want to do something last minute and there's not enough inventory. Yeah. They're like, oh, I need to get, make these, these, uh, whatever KPIs and make these revenue goals. But like, is there even enough inventory to like do that right now? Yep. You have to like talk to everyone. Like the doing those things, the communication, the testing, the proactive, assuming everything's going to go wrong. That's going to set you yourself up for a, a successful sale. Yeah. And those, it's a really, uh, I'm glad you mentioned it is they're typically so siloed off. Uh, these people or teams, they're usually just busy doing their own thing, doing their own thing, but yeah. you, they're, it all back, like you said, it all matters. And so when it's a big time of the year for many people, Black Friday, Cyber Monday is their Super Bowl. It's the big time, like one thing of the year, you got to get it right. Got to stay connected, got to huddle up, got to figure it all out. So, uh, loved, loved that answer. And, uh, Appreciate you sharing those tough experiences from the past and things to look out for. Uh, that was uh, helpful. And I'm sorry that the space ruined you because that's damn annoying. Space. The damn space. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Last one. Uh, I'm sure you could talk about this question on its own for a very long time. And it, there could be a bunch of like, oh, if, if this kind of brand or this thing. So uh, try to do your best. Uh, okay. It's hypothetical. Uh, is Matt's your... already like uh, I can I know she's gonna not shut up. So let me just tell her. Okay, I got it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just trying to this <laughs> relatively within the time frame. Um, <laughs> so you're you're all you're you're co-founding a brand and you have a budget and you can wave a magic wand and set up your like ideal dream customer experience team. Who would you have on? What kind of roles? What would you be focusing on and why? I love this question. And this might throw some people off, but I've seen it done. Customer experience is your first hire. And your customer experience actually runs or it, you, your team reports to them after that. And yeah. I'm telling you, this would fix everything. <laughs> okay. This isn't just me on my high horse, but like that communication, because the experience, like if you think about it, the experience is everything. So like, why, why is it traditionally like under everyone? You know what I mean? And I was thinking about this because I've worked on experience teams where the market there, they work on the marketing team. And then I've worked on experiences that they work on the operations team and both have their struggles, both have their pros and cons and both have their struggles. So like, wouldn't it just make sense if experience was first <laughs> and then like they can, it's almost like uh, brand teams where like brand teams will lead the initiatives and lead, like make sure everything's on brand at like almost like that idea. Mm -hmm. Um, but 
experience is even more different because you you understand the operation side and you understand the marketing side and understand why it's so important and then like if that experienced person has that direct contact with the founders and can just be the little like heart of everything why doesn't everyone do it that way that's like i almost threw my headset off like that's so good <laughs> like that's that makes so much sense to me um you're you're fixing the 80 percent of the problem instead of oh i need someone to help take over tickets like yeah that's not like you think you're solving the problem but that you're you're, you're just solving a smaller problem yeah and that person like if it's your first hire that person can do that job but then don't hire people over them hire people to like you your next hires are being helped by your experienced person and i think it was brewmate did it this way um the water bottles and when i heard i heard them speak at d2cx retain um and i was like this this is amazing (laughs) this is amazing like why doesn't everyone do it this way and then i also heard um uh, I think her name's Alexandria, and she works. She's she's director of operations and CX. And I was mm. like, that's an interesting concept too. Yeah, yeah. And like, that was an amazing thing. Um, and I used to work. I was more under the operations side at Ghost, and now more I'm on the marketing side at um, Chomps. But I wouldn't be able to help as much if I didn't have that operations experience. And so, like, I'm kind of, like, in the loop with both because I have that experience. But I can imagine how, like, out of the loop I would feel if I didn't keep, like, inventory in mind and, like, miss ships. Like, how a a manufacturer and a uh, fulfillment center work. Like, I'd be so out of the loop if I was just on the marketing side. So, like, just, you know, push it, you know. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, no, I, I 100% feel you, Zoe. <laughs> like, customer experience, like, head of customer experience or director of customer experience or something like that. Like, Chief like the f- customer experience. <laughs> yeah. Chief of customer experience. Like, something <laughs> like that. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Um, is there any, is that kind of like the main point of your dream team? And then, or is there, any, or is there anything else you want to kind of add the in? The other thing with, the like dream team of experience is I found this just by growing teams and making sure you manage as you grow, you still manage all those issues. Um, And I can give like some examples, but siloing kind of your experience team to have them focus on different issues or inquiries is really smart uh, because like, as you grow, obviously like you need more help, but then and you want everyone to be like uh, multi, like cross-functional, but I, f- I found that when you are growing a team and you make people cross-functional, you, you miss those patterns and those repeat issues. So like, for example, if you have um, 10 people working on everything and you have 10 customers who have the same issue, but each Ah. rep gets one of those customers then you don't know it's a problem because each rep it was like oh it only happened once yeah so so qualitative yeah go ahead mm -hmm. keep going so what i found was helpful is like have one team 
who does like manufacturer issues have one team do like the and you can do it like with your training process like train your newer people to do like the lower hanging fruits but that are all like uh all in the same thing and then add one function onto it don't just be like oh here's all the tickets we'll just train you as you go and like have those focuses and have a good um and as those teams grow then you have to make sure your processes of like reporting are on like on point because there's you can only do that you only like one person can only handle one issue for so long before your company grows hopefully it'll grow to a size where you need more people but then like siloing siloing off those teams and having like those experts in each of those issues like experts on your product who can answer any question about your products experts on your operations side where like if there's a misship they know what to do and how to fix it if there's back order products like that's like their expertise and everyone else can come in and like help but like that's key in my opinion and i've seen it done both ways and that's i think most a lot of people don't do it that way uh, but it's smart to do it that way yeah okay so then they're able to solve those problems they're able to get more knowledge do it faster more efficient make increase those one touch uh you know responses all those mm -hmm. things so that ultimately your customer is happier and satisfied and that's the goal of running a business is to get customers, keep them and make them happy. So have them uh, refer their friends. Yes. Refer them, <laughs> refer their friends, post about the product, leave a five-star review in the customer service, but also the product review. Yeah. A lot of those things, it's like, Oh, Zoe from the support took their time to talk to me and I really appreciate it. Picked out the right flavors or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like those are really good for other customers to see and it helps whole process so uh i think that's about it the plane is coming down we're about to land is there anything that you thought of during this last uh hour with me uh or anything that's been on top of your mind lately that you wanted to share um that's a good question i think I don't know. We touched on a lot of good things. And like you said, I could ramble. <laughs> no, I'm putting <laughs> words in your mouth. But there's just so many things about customer experience. And I'm I'm really, really happy that people are highlighting it and like looking more at it and understanding how important it is in, in the retention of your in your process. Yep. Um and and putting more money behind it and like reallocating because we all know acquisition is really freaking expensive so like why don't you just retain your customers that have already chopped with you so yep. i think that's my end of ramble awesome uh <laughs> appreciate end of ramble really appreciate your time and insight uh zoe where can people find you if they want to hire you for consulting if they want to talk to you more uh where do you want to send them yeah uh i've been tweeting um it's my name underscore Z-O-E-K-A-H-N underscore. So Zoe Khan. Um, LinkedIn is a fun place too. Uh, I'm on all the socials. That's okay. like a side hobby is like you can, you'll find me on social media if you know how to spell my name. <laughs> and then my fun thing, if there's any uh, nerdy gamers out there uh, like me, I stream on Twitch. So, and that, um, my Twitch handle is Agave Zoe. Agave, like the plant that makes tequila. Nice. Zoe, Z-O-E. 
that's my um, Twitch handle where I play video games and don't think about D2C. Love it. Go go follow Zoe. Go check her out. Go watch her stream. Really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll catch you on the next episode. That's it for today. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I love being able to do this, continue to learn, and meet people in this industry. Every rating, review, and episode you share with a friend means so much to me as I'm bootstrapping this show as part of my media brand, High Key Geek. If you haven't checked out my other show, Brand Builders, you should. It's with myself and Tom Brown and Richie Mashiko. Two times a week, we talk in a much more casual setting, and we think out loud, we brainstorm, and we share our lessons as we continue to operate and run businesses in the D2C space today. We're not... We didn't exit. We didn't just consult and advise now. And we don't, we're in the trenches as we, like every day still. So we're learning in real time and sharing it with you as we go. That's Brand Builders on High Key Geek YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you find your podcast. Catch you next time.